I am unashamed. What about you? So um, on the last podcast, we were talking about um, the funeral for our Aunt Mary. I know that Lulu, our cousin, listens to the podcast. And Lulu, you know how much we love you. It was, it's, you know, it's one of those deals where it happened fast, you know. And um, so it doesn't give you everything just kind of goes into the mode for the family, for her, like to prepare what, it, you know, we got to get the funeral going. We got to, and so, you know, we're all like, we're in for whatever you need us yeah. for. You know, it was kind of our mindset. And, uh, but I got to do the funeral with Gordon and it was great because, you know, we it's family. So when it's your family and you're doing a funeral, you know, funerals for most people are just kind of, I mean, they're kind of dry and, I, you know, so a lot of times people don't know what to say. And look, I've done some before. I didn't know the people. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. To, you're trying to be meaningful, biblical. But when it's your family, you can just kind of just tell it like it is. You know, you're just not too worried. I, or at least I'm not. But so I was so I kind of got to do the more of the stuff that I like to do, tell stories. But then one of the things I said, which is true, and then Gordon got up and said, that's not true because he spoke after me. Uh, I said, you know, whenever my uncle and aunt, uh, Harold and Mary, used to come down, it almost always wound up being a huge Bible discussion slash debate slash argument slash people yelling. Tempers flare. Tempers flare. But look, at the end of it, when everybody would leave, we still loved each other and we were family. And I made that point, you know, they they would until the next until the next appointed time. (laughs) And I remembered one particular time. Gordon and Jane, and I said, and I said this, I said, it was, and Zach, you weren't there because you were, you were out of town, but I said, it would always be more intense when Gordon and Jan were a part of the argument and discussion. And I remember a specific time when Gordon and Jan followed Harold and Mary to their car. (laughs) So the debate didn't end in the living room. It literally went to the, do you remember that, dad? It literally went to the. I remember. Oh, I remember. I was there. I was a fly on the wall. So you I, can back me up on that. Because Gordon got up and said, oh, I, we didn't follow them in the car. You know like, what's yes, crazy you is you would think, though, like here was me. I was just a kid when that happened. I mean, this yeah. happened <laughs> going back 34 years ago. Yeah, it was, it was like 40 years ago. But I didn't, because in our family, I think what is unique is if I don't agree with you, because you would think I would pick Phil and and Harold side because I spend the most time. I mean, Gordon was kind of the outcast because he was from Florida, <laughs> <laughs> and he has a different personality. And, and, Two strikes against him to start with. Well, and let's face it, he married their little sister, which well, right. puts you in another bad way. But however, I was one hundred percent with Gordon and Jan in the argument. Yeah, they. It and was, I, I was too sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, in that case, in yeah. that specific argument, I don't remember all the details, but I was on their side. But since they were against my personal family, I just kept my mouth shut. So I was quiet. <laughs> you, you were conflicted. You yeah. were morally conflicted. <laughs> well, I was like. But I, you were also young, Jay. We didn't like, really have a I voice at here. the table. I was, I live here. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I don't want to burn the bridges. <laughs> but uh, so what happened was that came up because they came over to my house after the funeral Uninvited, I believe. They just showed up. <laughs> no. Man, now that is how they no, were invited. Your, they were. your wife oh, invited You know everyone. what? Well, you were invited and you no-showed. Oh, I did. Because we know ate why? beans and rice and Because cornbread. Jay offered to cook me a steak. And I was like, so You okay. chose a steak over beans and, and it rice. it sounds like I'm glad I wasn't there. So I, I chose wisely. No, and it just, we were talking, just sitting around 
And we this went on for hours. I, I mean, can't wonder why they were down look, there so long. The, the, oh, it was went into the. I finally I'm ran like on. you, Jace. I've never followed anyone to the car. I tell you, why you? No, no, no. Well, I just at some point where where Gordon, you know, and Jam messed up is you realize that you and Harold are two of the most hard headed <laughs> individuals. At some point. They're not going to say, "Okay, you know, you're right." I, I, well, well, I, I would, I would put, <laughs> now, I would put Jan in this in in a, a much. She had a hard head, Tay, my mom. Oh, she was right there. Yeah. No but even Gordon, and that night we argued. We were arguing, and I'm not sure what the argument was over. I uh, I can't remember either. That's no, what's no. Funny I'm about talking it. about just the, oh, other, the night. other night. We we got to arguing, and, and I think it's just because I mean he Gordon just poured his poured his heart out there at one point. Because he misses Jan, your you know your sister. I mean, she's I don't know how long has she she has it been three died? three or four years? Uh, is that no, three been, years? I think. Uh, yeah, three years. Three. Yeah, years. three. So he became emotional and and he and was. I think he, that all happened because he spoke at the funeral. Well, we had just had yeah, and and I was realizing that you know, and but he was he had a burr in his saddle about people coming up to him and I, and I completely understand where he was coming from about people coming up, you know, saying, well, she's in a better place and she's looking down at us right now. And you know, all the things Attitudes. that people try to right. say to you, They're trying I, to be encouraging, but and a lot of it, it's just it's like, no, yeah. no, she's not drinking a cup of coffee yeah. and say, you know, he used some illustration. So where we, where the argument developed, which is, just typical Robertsons, I guess, is he said, I mean, he tried to read an illustration from Revelation 4 and 5, but I never would let him finish because I said, well, look, if you're starting a theological foundation on Revelation 4 and 5, (laughs) I'm already suspect (laughs) of this. And so he's like, what, what, are you going to let me give the argument? I said, well, just leave all five. Start with Revelation 4. Let's just do four. He said, why don't you want to do five? I said, because we, he hadn't even gotten to his point. We spent one hour on detaching chapter five. Well, where to start? From the argument. Because I said, well, because I know five is a, is quotes about he has made you to be a kingdom and the priests and serve. And I was I, I kept going to five. I said, those are references from the Old Testament. And he's like, will you let me get my point in? I was like, not if you're going to attach five to, to four. He said, he said, well, I'll just do four. So this was an hour into the, I said, okay, proceed. And so then he got to chapter. It took an hour to start the argument. (laughs) And Missy was like, I'm leaving. I said, no, you're not leaving because I I want your input on whatever he's fixing to say. So he really did this thing about. This picture of the throne room of God, which I said, well, are you going to, because Melissa, you know, his daughter, who I thought would be in support of him, who actually kind of wasn't, but uh, she, you know, she was a little nervous because she was like you were as a kid down there. Exactly. She was like, I got to go back to this She was conflicted. (laughs) She was conflicted too. Yeah. So so he, he goes through the throne room of God about where in this illustration, you know, from the seven churches that he'd just written to, and all of you who are familiar with Revelation 4 or 5 kind of see it, but he made a point to where 
time ceases to exist here and and the people gathered around the throne room of God in this picture of chapter four, they were singing, you know, praises forever and ever. And he said, I just feel like people try to get a picture of heaven. And he said, I I just I I've, I find comfort in knowing that you could actually sing together forever and ever, and you wouldn't know that it was forever and ever because time had stopped. And it was kind of a beautiful view of of where he views his wife who has died three years ago, and not just like you know drinking in a waiting a, room, drinking somewhere. yeah, in a waiting room, drinking a cup of coffee, checking in on you every once in a while, you know, smiling. He was like, I just think it's bigger. It's bigger than that. Which so I agreed with you know everything. His general, said. His general I, I, point. His general it? point was we're gonna be in the presence of God and it's gonna be so amazing and so awesome. We don't have to use these little bumper sticker statements to try to make it real or or and so i really agree with the argument was over just whether we were going to include chapter five in <laughs> so i thought when when gordon said in the funeral which i think is something that everybody was kind of shocked at who doesn't know our family when he said you know i was introduced to these robertsons and i thought they they whatever he said when he said we had cold hearts uh <laughs> which and we all laughed <laughs> You weren't even offended. <laughs> no, I wasn't offended. But the people who don't know our family, they were offended. They're like, he just said this whole family. He was brought into a family of cold-hearted people. And I thought, oh, that's funny. Because <laughs> these these people that I call family, they can be cold-hearted. Well, and he gave the illustration in the in the in his uh, talk at this funeral. He said, I walked up. And so I'm meeting Jan's brothers for the first time, and they're standing in a circle. Oh, that's what he did. Talking about hunting. And he said, one of them, who I won't name, but I know who it was. He was there. It was (laughs) you, Dad. And he said, do you duck hunt? And Gordon said, no. And he said, then they just went back to talking again. (laughs) Well, he said, where are you from? No, he said, said, where are you from? from? He said, Florida. He went, yeah. Yeah. Now, that is the definition. Uh, he was a marked man, but just didn't know of non-compassion, of not being friendly and being cold-hearted in your uh, first encounter. And it's so the way we are. I mean, you know. But you know what's ironic about all of it? Now, one of the things that I said was, I said, you know, now looking back on it, since I'm you know 57 years old myself, the seeds of the Unashamed podcast were it were in those debates, discussions. Are it's what we do. And then we even have a dasher. We got Zach. We got us. Said, the, Sometimes Gordon comes in. Missy and I and, and Gordon and Melissa, which was a, a weird four people because, you know, people chose to eat steak instead of beans and rice. <laughs> it became a podcast. Yeah. Now, it was a four-hour podcast. <laughs> but look, we <laughs> laughed. It would have been good cried, for just thinking, those guys. We told stories. But I will say this. What came about throughout those three or four hours was a real passion for Jesus at the center of everything we do, which which yeah. was actually encouraging. And I thought I was glad I was a part of this. Well, it's funny you were talking about the platitudes too, which by the way, just my advice to the audience, I've said this before, whenever you think of one of those things, cause someone said it to you, it's best if you just said, Hey, we love you guys and we're here for you. I mean, 
that's really the better way to do it. I, I realize we're trying to be encouraging, but the, I've learned through the years, if I just say that, people feel encouraged. I don't have to get into all this. What are they doing? Because Lulu was telling me that her husband, so she said to her husband, Kenny, she said, well, now mom can watch all of Casey's games with dad. You know, just again, that was a platitude. That was like uh, the the imagination was now Harold and Mary back together again. Well, then <laughs> Kenny was like, can they really do that? <laughs> you think they'll really? So then it, well, she was like, well, no, I mean, I'm just saying that to be said. But she was trying to. So it's not necessarily theological on what happens. I mean, we all know that whatever goes on once a person goes, that we don't get into the the eternal life till we're resurrected. I do so. think you have to step back because I don't think you were at the after, after, uh, what do they call it? Like it's not an after party. <laughs> no, it's, it's the not. after party after the yeah. after party. You do a, you do a, it's like the meal. lunch together. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Oh, well, did you hear the public service announcement on wearing the seatbelts? No, know. no, no. I was outside. We were getting ready to put the casket in, so I missed the P- So what PSA. I was going to say is, look, <laughs> you got to remember, too, in funerals that emotions are running high. Yeah. You, you go through, you, but you're not aware of it. It's like you're on the outside looking in, and it's family time. And there's there's a few tears there was you know a few tears just because you're missing a part of your family. Absolutely. But we're not grieving like the rest of men who have no hope. I mean, the, I would say the overall vibe of it was joy, encouragement, and we're telling you know stories. Celebration that yeah. was evident. But, yeah. But it is, you know, people in that mode in that moment, emotions are raw. It's yeah. probably not the best time before you say the prayer for the meal to do a public service announcement on wearing. You know, seatbelts. It's but even though we agree with that, it's like I told in the last podcast in the overtime, I was not a proponent for wearing seatbelts when it the law was first came out. Right. I just, which seems dumb now, but yeah. but it, in that moment, no. Well, when I had a wreck and almost died and get wrapped around, all of a sudden I was like, you know, I guess I'll I'll wear my seatbelt, right. which was going to be my point. The way the Robertsons are. Very rarely does somebody say in an argument, oh, you're right. I'm completely wrong. What we do is we wait a month. And then it's your idea. And then make it our own idea. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Is, is that true, Zach? Oh, and that then, is true. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> hang on, let's take a break. So I'm super excited, Jace. We got a, a brand new sponsor. Uh, for our podcast, and it's a, a group that I've known about for many, many years and have used this product and recommended it to a lot of people you know, that I was counseling with in our church, um, and they're called Covenant Eyes. And I didn't ask them, but I assume it goes back to that Job 31.1 passage, one of my favorites, that, where Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look yeah. lustfully at a girl. Basically, what they do is they deal with uh, the pornography, uh, which is a scourge uh, on our world, and it has been for a long, long time. These guys have been doing this for 22 years, and they've helped a lot of people walk away, up 1.5 million, and have a porn-free life to walk away from porn. So we want to encourage you guys, uh, because the, the Word of God says a lot about lust and how it damages not only your own mind, but also your marriage and your family. So if you want to find out what a porn-free life looks like and protect your family, go to Cove. C-O-V-E-Y-E-S dot com slash Phil. They're going to let you try this for 30 days. Uh, so it's a 30-day free trial if you sign up today with the promo code Phil. you got nothing to lose but a lot to gain. That's Cove, C-O-V-E-Y-E-S, eyes dot com slash Phil. Check them out. 
Now, there's a lot of truth in that one. It has the to... overarching teaching of the book of Hebrews is since the children, that's humanity, have flesh and blood, he, Jesus, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in, their, held in slavery by their fear of death. So yeah. it's pretty good going in where he says, this is not the end. You, 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 you will continue on. Well, I wanted to mention before we totally get back into Hebrews 10, which we're about to do, but I did want to mention another reason Gordon was here other than do the funeral was he's here work to work on your new, your new book, Dad, which yep. there's a fourth book in this series for those of you that have been getting all of Dad's books. It started with Theft of America's Soul, which was the idea of kind of laying out the problems that we see. Yep. And it was Jesus' politics. In other words, if Jesus were in charge of our country, what would it look like? Then it was Uncanceled, which is the third one that we talked about, which you talk about sins being canceled at the cross. This last one is a, is a book about the kingdom, really. and and But to me, it's the ultimate wrap of these four books because it goes straight into this is what yep. kingdom well, life looks like. It's interesting that you bring the up, bring that up because one of the arguments we got into because he started telling me about the book idea that y'all are collaborating on. And so I was like, he started giving me some of the ideas. Mm -hmm. Well, I had an idea that was not his. So I said, here's what you need to do. Well, that was a one-hour argument. <laughs> but Gordon, who is more soft-hearted than we are in reality, because he actually said, that's a good idea. Yeah. So I thought, well, I need to get some kind of credit we would have never in, said. in your book <laughs> at this point. And it did take an, an hour for me to explain, <laughs> because he was testing... My, my he was testing your thesis. Yeah, he which, was. Which, which, to be fair, that I, like I, we get comments all the time. I, I read them in the, about me and Jace are trying to outdo each other, or I'm like, no, this is how we process. I mean, like, there, the, it's right. it's in exactly. the debate. It's in the what you th what the thing is. You if you're not really sure about it, you throw it out there and you try to defend it with everything that you have. And if it sticks. And you're able to defend it at the end, and you're like, okay, oh, yeah. this might be real. But if it's not, then you you wait a month and, and you make it your own idea, whatever the other person said. That's the process. <laughs> so, I may have a little to do in the conversation, but 99% of the time, I don't get into like heavy arguing. Just I just say, well, well you used to. You got yeah, you yeah. used to. You you you, you caused you, a lot you've, of this. You've, you now you've I, mellowed. I'm glad Zach brought that up though, because some people have mentioned that to me in real life. They're like, "Boy, you and Zach, y'all always trying to one up each other." I was like, "Do what?" I was like, "No, Zach's probably my closest uh, theological discussion He's, uh, yeah. backboard yeah. that I have." We do this for hours just on the phone. And, uh, Whether it's your show you're doing or whatever, yeah. yeah. And we actually are way more in line yeah. than well, anybody what, else that I discussed. I think that most of our audience now has has figured it out because in the early days of Unashamed, we were getting tons of emails, right? Exactly like, Jay's quit interrupting Phil. You're so rude and you know, you're know you not even letting him finish. Oh. The guest comes on, y'all need to be quiet. But they realize this is kind of what we do. And it, we're not well, offended by yeah. each other. If so. you don't interrupt people, there would only be one speaker the whole time. <laughs> that's true. That is true. That is that's, that's a right. good point. I feel so bad for our guests because they come in and look. We edit this out when they edit because I'll have to stop and say, look, unless you interrupt, 
<laughs> yeah, I said that to Ben Carson. Yeah, that's right. I said, Ben, I, I said, stop the tape. Ben, unless you interrupt, you will never say a word, and you're the guest. <laughs> that's right. So he's like, gotcha. Well, then, look, then he did fine. Oh, he was like, he jumped. But he's, he's, he's coming a, back. He said he wants to come back. Oh, he's coming. We're excited. But he's once he back. knew that we're not going to get our feelings hurt. Uh, you know, we're just we we can't shut up. It's a problem. <laughs> well, it's not a problem. It's just what we do. It's the it's the me- the method to the madness. Exactly. That's how we do it. Yeah, that's right. But we're not going to get our feelings hurt. Was my, was my point. And even in <laughs> Gordon saying that we're cold hearted, you would think <laughs> somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. But I thought. Boy, he hit that one on the head. <laughs> well, I'm ready. I'm ready for you. To, we pretty well weighed this little deal. I, I'd get on Hebrews chapter ten, see what God said about all this. <laughs> That's what he's tearing uh, chit chat. Time to move in. Feels boring. Right. Let's move on. All right, so we're we're back to Hebrews chapter ten, and at the end of the last podcast, I made a connection. That And I want to go back there because that gets us back in the content. We talked mostly about the end of chapter 10, the podcast, because we started out talking about judgment because of Jace's uh, infatuation. You saw the same signs. I just took it further. You did. So in verse 18 of chapter 10, because remember, there's a big transition from 18 to the rest of it because we're now into all the practical applications of everything we've been studying up to this point that Jesus is better, right? So now he's going to say at the end of verse 18, after he's quoted Jeremiah, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. And remember, that was written hundreds of years before this was. So already God knew what he was going to do. And then in verse 18, he says, and where these sins have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. And he's not talking about Jesus' sacrifice because it's eternal. He's talking about the sacrifices of all these bulls and goats and the system because and then you drop down to verse 26 if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth no sacrifice for sins is left well, what is he talking about he's talking about what he said earlier he's talking yeah. about that if you try to go under an old system when, when you have a perfect sacrifice that takes away all your sins that is a deliberate act away from jesus that's what he's talking about. he's not talking well, about this one yeah. day i did something wrong one day i didn't and we made that yeah. connection I, i'm i'm shamelessly promoting the after hours uh the bonus overtime the overtime that we did on the last podcast because zach and I made a, I think, a really good connection between Hebrews 6 yep. about people not coming back because they're trampling over over Christ when, when they try to put a, this system ahead of Jesus. Or in Hebrews 10, not being open to God's eternal forgiveness through Jesus because it is hard. We, we talked about it's hard. And then making that connection with Second Peter where Peter was like, you want to be adding to your faith all these qualities and don't forget that you've been cleansed from your past sin, that you're 100% forgiven by God's grace through that blood in Jesus. Because when you do forget it, and we made reference to the Lord's Supper, the same word in Hebrews 10.3 about, what those sacrifices did, an annual reminder. And then Jesus using that same Greek word saying, when you take of this cup and this bread, you do this in remembrance of me because you need this reminder that you are, you are 100% forgiven because of my grace and love. And then you made the point, he, Jesus, not only did he say that in Matthew, but then Paul said it again in 1 Corinthians 11, 
then saying we're going to do this till he comes back. Exactly. So well, that's he made it Luke twenty two. Yeah. Luke twenty two yeah, is sorry. where. But then then Zach took it further in in the overtime because when you when you miss that focus on Jesus and His grace and that daily reminder, it's like. And then he gets to Second Peter two. Well, then all this, all these false prophets come out of this. Because when you're trying to obtain that without Jesus, all of a sudden he gives this illustration. In the end, it's like a dog returning to its vomit as far as your sinful behavior, because you're steeped in the shame of your mm, sin, right. of your own sin. There's no other way to get out from under this. I mean, we all have that problem. I thought about that when you brought up Lulu, our our cousin, you know, Leslie, we call her Lulu. I mean, look, I know she's sinful just because we're all sinful, but <laughs> I tell her every time I see her, you're one of my favorite people on the planet. She's she, amazing. she has a, just a wonderful heart for God. <clears throat> she does. And, and, but, you know, I have to remind myself, I'm sure she has to deal with that also, but I mean, every time I look at her, I'm like, she's the best we got to offer. <laughs> Because she just has something that I know you get from the grace of God. That's right. You 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 see yeah. that in her life. I I know she's close to Jesus because of the qualities yeah. that comes out of that, and uh, it's just a living example of that. I, I don't immediately say, "Oh, she's just different," you know, because I mean, I look. She kind of it comes from you know this typical Robertson hard headed mm-hmm. family aspect, and you're all you're like, "Well, how did she?" why is she so kind and loving and and i know where that comes from it's a relationship with the grace of god and jesus in a real way yeah exactly right so so and think about this and this thought of not turning to the sacrifice of jesus and zach you mentioned this in the last podcast when we read it later how insulting that is to god and jesus and the holy spirit because you're saying we'd rather go under something that we know won't work rather than embrace something that will work because God said it. I mean, that's exactly yeah, what they were doing. It, yeah, because it says they're insulting the spirit of grace and they're trampling underfoot the, the, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them. But if you go back and read um, uh, Hebrews 10, 10, listen to what the Hebrew writer says about this sanctification thing that he says, by this, um, let me see, by this, we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ Jesus once for all. So going back to the point about like, this is all hinging and contingent on the grace of God that is sufficient so it would be a mistake to read Hebrews ten twenty six and, and onward and think, oh, this is an in, you're out, in, you're out. Right. Oh, I've done too many sins, I'm out. You, you're misreading this if that's how you're reading it. And and the reason why we know that is because when you when when God sanctifies you, He does it once for all. It's not like oh, I lost this because I sinned too much. That's not what this is about. This is He's talking about our hearts and the condition of our heart and rooting the condition of our heart. In, in, in the supremacy of the finished work of Christ. And the reason why we say it's finished is because it is. It's done. Well, John makes, we don't, we're not accomplishing it. Hang on, John Dad. Makes, hang, on, hang on, Dad, before you read that. Let's take a break. So I think it's safe to say we're a pretty hairy family. <laughs> Would that be fair? Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's why it's kind of comical to me that one of our longest-running uh, sponsors, which we're very appreciative of, is a company called Keeps which 
help men keep their hair, uh, especially men under 35. You're starting to go bald. You see it in your pictures. And you're like, what do I do? A lot of times people just kind of peel it like an onion, kind of like Dan does. But if you go with this company, you'll be able to hold on to your hair instead of having to cover it up with a cap or just shave it all off. Keeps has a clinically proven FDA-approved hair treatment. It's available online. They stimulate hair growth so you can hold on to what you have. They also have physicians there that help you pick the right products that are safe for you. No waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits, 24-7. Uh, you can, if you have questions, you can ask them. So check these guys out. It's keeps.com slash door, D-O-O-R. You're going to get 50% off your first order. So that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. Keeps.com slash door. Save 50% on your first order. John makes the point, Dash, it's, and we tend to forget a lot that our position is such that there is no sin. Uh, you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. We forget that. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. The people in Hebrew said, but if we go back, he says, you're forgetting your position. In Jesus is no sin. No sin. If you're in Jesus, there's no sin there. We have a hard time saying, yeah, but I made a mistake the other day. It, it's yeah. not that we won't make mistakes, but it's not a lifestyle that when you see someone, all you see is sin coming out of it. You say there's no change of heart there. That that well, that's that's what John said. In Jesus, there's no sin. It's fun. not that you won't make mistakes. He covers that in chapter one. The blood's there. There is no sin in Jesus. It's not I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out because of your sins. But if you're in Jesus, people will see you and they will say, "Huh, that's a good man. That's a good woman." It's what Lulu? You see Lulu, you say, "She's she understands her position where she is." In Jesus. Well, that's why yeah. he made all those references about these sacrifices that they were doing, these rituals, couldn't cleanse their conscience. Correct. Couldn't that's cleanse right. it from a guilty conscience. I read a story somewhere, I don't know if it's true, but the I, I just found it interesting that the author of these uh, Sherlock Holmes novels, he was a big practical joker, and he sent a letter to 12 of his, of his friends, and he did this as a practical, <clears throat> practical joke. And it, the letter said, flee at once, all is discovered. And the reason this was a bad joke is that all 12 of those people left the country. And they were all <laughs> upright citizens. <laughs> but his, his, the, the, where I read this story was in reference to explaining Hebrews 9 and 10. It's because we all have a guilty conscience about something. Yeah. There was something in there that they thought, oh, no, <laughs> get the heck out of here. <laughs> and so whether it was true or not was, is, was irrelevant. But when I read that, I thought, we, we're all in that position. We, we, you could, somebody could come to us and say, you've been found out, you know, and you're like, oh, no, I remember that time, you know, 21 years ago, I did something, and, and you just put time in between that. But we all have guilty consciences, and which is the point I've been making the whole time. It is, it is hard 
to just give that to God and to think back through faith on a cross and say, okay, yeah, that that happened as fact, and I don't have to worry about it. Because, I mean, if I got that letter, I would say, you know what? And Jesus redeemed me of that. Whatever this is, <laughs> he, he, even though, though I may have the consequences of it and the guilt of it, I've been cleansed from it. Even that bank- Everyone who sins breaks the law. Hebrews, they got it all figured out, rigged up, temple worship, blood of bulls and goats. And whoever sins is lawlessness. But you know he came to take away your sins. And in him is no sin. That's the difference. In other words, when you see God's people, it will not be characterized by lawlessness. Nope. Yeah. It will not be there. And It'll be love, take- joy, <laughs> peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You say, against such things, there is no law. That's the difference right there. Yeah, but, so they be- didn't get his joke is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, he was just kidding. <laughs> but everybody, because of guilty conscience, right. that whatever, and it could have been 12 separate things and it probably was yep. but they were like hey i respect this guy that's what happens when there's no jesus right well there. right I, I leave run because that's what we do i mean it, it, it is hard yeah because of what we've committed i mean it, it, it i've done that i've done that with my kids i say i say are you gonna, are you gonna tell me or do i gotta I, i'm gonna give you an opportunity to confess it and they're like what what who told you i'm like well, I found that. Dash, if we ever have a three-day a three-day meeting, and you come over here, and we go over there, and we work on the duck hole a little bit, today, getting ready for duck season, and you're there, I can watch you for three days. And somebody said, "What about that guy?" I said, "He's a godly man." You say, yeah. "Why would you arrive at that conclusion?" Watch. I, I don't. I, he, I wouldn't say. Now, if I said that guy is up to no good, he is. I mean, he's a piece of work. You know, he does all kinds of vile. Yeah. You'd see that, or you could see you, child of God, and I'm looking at it. There is a difference between people who sin as a pattern and a lot of it, and you try to get along with them and run with them, and the people of God. There's a big yeah, difference. Yeah, but Zach's yeah. right. You, because I've said that. I mean, I remember Reed. I wanted Reed one simple. time when he was a teenager. I, I was something that happened. His teacher had called, so I, you know, <laughs> sat him down. I was like. It, it'll be better off for you right now just to tell me the truth. Well, he went off on this, what him and Cole had done. I had no idea. That was way worse <laughs> when I was confronted. And your blood, you're, you're showing up. Your son is about it. Well, I'm thinking, okay, that's terrible, and we'll address that later. But that, 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 we're going to take them one at a time. But it, it, to your point, it shows you the guilty conscience. Because when confronted, that's what he was most upset about, and what him and his brother had done that we didn't know about, and we needed to get it out. But I think that's what we, you know, when we start getting on the other side of this about confessing our sins, it's yeah. easier to confess your sins. I don't know about easier. It, it, it's, uh, it makes more sense. When you realize that he's, he's forgiven you and he loves you, Oh, he's for, for big you. Difference. So that, when you don't want to confess is when you think somehow or another it's the cover up, and, and I think that's the way we go about. You are correct. So uh, uh, very. Uh, let's take a break. So we talk a lot about the biblical heart uh, when we read the scriptures or in our discussions on the podcast, and we realize it's not the pump in your chest, that's your mind, right? I mean, the biblical heart is what you think and who you are, not necessarily how smart you are, but what you think. And um, we want that to be good. That's why we talk so much about the Bible. 
we have a sponsor called BetterHelp, and their whole goal is to help your mind, to help your thinking be better. Because you have a healthy brain, uh, it's like learning a new language or taking power naps, you feel better about it. So uh, it's called, it BetterHelp does online therapy, uh, which we're big on therapy. We've helped a lot of people and been helped by therapy. Um, they offer phone, video, live chat sessions. Uh, so you don't even have to see the person on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So visit our show sponsor, BetterHelp, at BetterHelp.com unashamed. You're going to get 10% off your first month of counseling. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unashamed. A very comical uh, illustration of what you just said, Jace, was the, in the movie Oh Brother where Arthur and Delmar and Pete happen upon a baptism, and they go down there and they get baptized. Yeah. And so he comes out and he says, the preacher said my sins were washed away. He said, even that bank I robbed in Yazoo City. And he said, I thought you said you didn't rob that bank. Well, I lied, and I'm forgiven of that too. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but, which was comical. But it really shows you because yeah. their lives didn't really change. They're, they're still bank robbers. And so the idea is that's how people, if you view Christianity like that, it's going to be a really but, tough walk. Well, I think in a subtle that. way, though, the producers are making fun of right. people who think that that's actually a reality. That's right. No doubt about I, it. I really yeah. think. But so. if I could be but forgiven, to, I'd say all I want to it. I'd be forgiven. Well, so now, I, now I we got, got Romans 6. I got a good six. deal going yes, here. Yes. We yeah. got a chapter for that, too, and that's <laughs> Romans chapter 6. There you go. Well, I, I love, Jason, you used the word cover-up because I think this is interesting to use that term because if you are engaging in sinful behavior, there has to be a cover-up. It just has to that be. That is correct. And what— what we want to do is we want to cover it up with our fig leaves going back to Genesis chapter three. That's what, that's what humans do. We start constructing cover to cover up the nakedness, the sin, the depravity. But, it, but the, what God says is no, I'm going to remove your artificial coverings and then, and you got to let me cover it up through the blood of my son, Jesus. Yep. So the book of Hebrews, what he's establishing here is look, your cover up is not going to work. But if you will rest under my cover up through Jesus, then you can go to God with a good conscience because mm -hmm. it's not based on what you do. It's based on what I did. So that's that's the confidence yeah. the, the the cleaning of the conscience is not because we look at ourselves and say, oh, we're actually good people now. It's well, not that. It's the, the, the pledge of a good conscience towards God. Uh, Peter says it saves you by the resurrection. It's connected with the resurrection of Jesus and our baptism when we're connected with the yeah, death, burial, and resurrection. I, it's, it's our identity in him. I think that's what 22 is saying of chapter 10 when he said so. Because well, he started, just said. started in 19. Jesse. Well, he says, therefore, 19, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, which is what I've been talking about yep. the last three podcasts. I right. mean, our sins is the opposite of confidence. We're guilty. We're shameful. We don't see how some God that we can't see with our eyes, you know, can forgive us. And how but, could you possibly have confidence, Jays, if you didn't have your sins forgiven? Exactly. So by the blood. Well, he tells you right there. In he, yeah. And he tells you in verse 19. Yeah. By what we have. The right. confidence. By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain. That is his body. That's powerful. Yes. And so, I mean, he 
here's God becoming a man so he can shed a blood for my sin 2,000 years later. He's talking about the curtain that used to be in between the holy place and the most holy place. And not only this, yeah, and I mean, uh, Gordon brought that up in, in his comments about a funeral when he yeah. said you know the totality of people here i think he said what, what did he say 180 billion or was it it 80? was 118 billion have walked on the earth yeah according it's, to somebody that so knowing that this one act of god becoming a person with a body shedding his blood covered the sins of the 118 billion past so present and future yeah that's a pretty incredible thought and so, here's so, the here's the the, the explanation the reason the Son of God appeared, you know, back to the beginning. Where are you at? This this is in First John chapter. Okay, well, I'm going to finish this Hebrews. The reason the Son of God appeared, Jace, was to destroy the devil's work. Yeah. No one who is born of God, they don't continue to see it. God's seed remains in him. He's been born again. There's a difference between those and the. Which is, which is what? Which is a good point, because his two works that we know of is death, yep. Hebrews 2, and temptation. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that death that's the sin. way. Yeah. Well, the yep. but he, you know, God is not tempting us. <laughs> right. The evil one tempt. We, the yep. sin is our own right. doing. Right. But he presents the temptation. If you could destroy the power so, of God in a man or a woman, if you could get rid of that, you'd have it. That's what God did. <clears throat> so let me finish reading this. So 21, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, well, here's, here's the really practical applications. Let us draw near to God, because we have confidence now in the blood, <clears throat> with a sincere heart. And that's what I was trying to depict. It's in your heart, and your heart is what's most important to you, and that's what's real to you. So if Jesus' grace and his resurrection is the most important and you're sincere about it. It's it's real. You it it shows in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And that's what I said. That is the top five hardest things to get past is a guilty conscience. That's and it. you're not getting past it without the blood of Jesus. Correct. And having our bodies washed with pure water. I mean, I'm not real sure what that's in reference to. I mean, a lot of people uh, reference that to what you did a while ago, Zach, in the first Peter 3.21. It's it's not necessarily taking the removal of dirt from the body, you know, what first Peter 3 says. But I tend to think it's just, you know, maybe Jesus, when he said living water will... Uh, flow within you by this he meant the holy spirit you know that's in john 7 right so because i think that's all working in connection with your surrender and the spirit working in you and the purity of god's grace that goes along with what john the apostle said he's he has god's seed in him well i just focus on the word pure because you know, you look at water around Louisiana, ain't nothing pure about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but so I'm saying that's God, to your point about First Peter 3, Zach, it, it saves you by the resurrection of Christ. It saves you by the grace of Jesus. Let us hold unswerved. Well, there's, there's, the, there's, the, there's a reference in uh, Ephesians 5 that says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church who gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through yeah. the word. 
enter. So there's that kind of seminal. Yeah, and also right Paul in Titus three twenty six, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Same language. Yeah, but it's from the inside yeah. out kind of thing. Correct. So, uh, so verse twenty three, let us hold unswervingly. Uh, what is your What does yours say, uh, Zach? You have a different translation. What's your verse twenty three? Which verses? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Yeah, without wavering. I think that's a better rendition. So uh, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful, which I think is a real key phrase. And by the way, this is about God's faithfulness, not ours, because we're we just can't ever get it right. But he's faithful in this. Let's take our last break. We're talking a lot about uh, proclaiming because uh, we're proclaimers of the gospel and, and all of us teach and preach as well. Uh, but one of the things, you know, sometimes you can do as a proclaimer is just what you wear. Uh, it proclaims to people and uh, our unashamed merch uh, does just that. And uh, it proclaims that you're part of unashamed nation. In fact, I was noticing I went to look at all the merchandise and there are some uh, unashamed nation shirts. And so it's a great thing because somebody's like, what is an unashamed nation? It gives you an opportunity to tell them about the podcast. So we'd like for you to be uh, unashamed proclaimers. And the way you can do that, if you want to check out our merch, is go to unashamedmerch.com. Use the code unashamed10, and you're going to get 10% off uh, whatever you buy. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, you're going to get 20% off your purchases uh, by using the code Blaze Sub. So that's another uh, good reason uh, to be a subscriber and get our overtime stuff as well. So check it out, unashamedmerch.com. I think, Jace, I hope he's talking about there has to be the resurrection, too, because that's the as a saved son and daughter of God, that's the last thing we're looking for. I agree. And then, like he did in chapter three, uh, you know, when he's talking about today, if you hear his voice, you know, let us encourage one another. He he gets to encouraging one another in this because he says 24 and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together and some in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Yeah. So, and to that point, so that idea about let us not give up meeting together is in the context of that entire passage that that's how we gain encouragement. We were with other people. We spur one another on. It helps you live a better life. It's not a legalistic, you know, back to the, you know, you got to show up at the temple to do the sacrifice. So, but you see what people have done. So if you, if you approach, if you came to Hebrews 10, I've heard this done especially when I was younger and I never, I don't think I ever did it myself. I hope I didn't. If I did, I repent that you would come in and preach a sermon and start in verse 25 of Hebrews 10 and go through verse 31. No, I said that earlier. It so it just infuriates me because if you went in and you just took that out of Hebrews, all the context we've been talking about, about what Hebrews is about. Mm-hmm. And then you just preach that sermon about you people that, you know, miss on Wednesday night. Here's a sermon for you. It just, it's so insulting because it's just missed it. It missed the whole missed point the of what the book there's is no about. motivation. Motivation matters to God, and I mean that's why He sent Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's not what He was saying. He, he was saying, and look, and I'm I'm do all I preach. I meet with people. I talk to people all the time. I'm for I'm pro meeting together. Whatever, however you want to exactly. do. Exactly. So it's not you're against that, but the idea to somehow attach that that is this situation where the that the Hebrews were in and were doing is is totally missing the context which by the way just as a side note 
there's a lot of you guys that are listening are new to Bible study. It's important to, uh, to, to read an entire letter and book and get the context of it before you start applying it to situations, because this is the application. That's why whatever you're mad about or whatever you're going through, if your answer is alienation in marriage, in meeting with the brothers, in response to God, you're always going down the wrong road. He right. he always goes. He always gets to a point. So let us, con- you know, let's spur one another on. Let's love each love each other. Let's encourage one another. Let's not give up meeting together. So, because you realize what had happened here. People were upset. They they were not focused on Jesus. And they're like, what were they saying? Well, we're just leaving. Uh, well, but they, they're leaving because they don't want to focus on Jesus. They want to go back to this old system that they were they were, they were were raised in in their heritage, you know. I mean, call it whatever, Jewish nationalism or Whatever, but then they weren't. If you alienate yourself, then there's no bridge back, which right. is kind of what he got into in, in chapter six. six. You know, so I mean, if you leave Jesus and you leave his people, <laughs> what you got? Yeah. And again, we've said this over and over. Contextually, this was a group of people that, at some point, the idea of Jesus mattered to them, but have they've gone back? They've left that, and that's why is that to your point. After he does that whole text, and you read this on the last podcast, in verse 32, he's like, remember those earlier days? He's like, remember how it was when you understood and you you know, you thought Jesus was a big deal? And then in verse 35, he says, don't throw away your confidence. Well, what does that mean? That means that you're going under a system that can't help you. Exactly. And then verse 39, he says, but we are not of those who shrink back. What does that mean? That means going away from Jesus and are destroyed but of those who believe mm. and are saved, which sounds I, pretty I, confident to me. I love that parallel as well, he it, says the opposite of shrinking back is having faith. And we don't look at it that way. Yeah. Just just think about what that means. No, we don't. And I, th- I think I think I think we often too we 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 approach the our faith in God and the Christian walk as a, a list of things that we do in order to gain favor with him. And then we read the warnings of things not to do so that he, that he doesn't get mad at us. But I think we're missing the broader point. That's why I loved Alice Willard's stuff about renovation of the heart, that what's at stake here is what, what is your heart desire? And I think it speaks to it when he uh, references this old Testament passage here in Habakkuk. I think it's from Habakkuk. Let's see here, two, four and five, when he says for yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come. And will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And this is right before he talks about the shrinking back passage. He says, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So what what you see here in the not shrinking back in the in the uh, uh, pursuit by faith, what you see is a connection with the living God that's fairly intimate and and fulfilling and full of joy or as what Phil says very often, uh, the peace of mind that's the rarest of commodities. That's what's being yep. offered here, the clean conscience. And I think that's what people are looking yeah. for, particularly in 2022, because we all got that guilty conscience yeah. and we're looking for peace. I do think it's so, ironic, yeah. though, is one of the ways he used to try to get them to come back to Jesus in that 32, he was like, well, remember those early days when you had received the light, you stood your ground in, 
in a great contest in the face of suffering, and you sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult, and you were persecuted. At other times, you stood side by side with those that are mis- mistreated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. This goes against every bit of motivation because I'm I'm thinking that's probably why they left. <laughs> but he was saying like I'm following Jesus and losing everything. <laughs> he's like, remember that? Let's get back to that. Well, now you see why people leave. Yeah. Because they don't want to do that. It's a lot easier just to go find some animal and sacrifice it and say, I'm good here. Don't run and, up on any troubles or persecution well, while you're right. there. You know, and I mean, I, I do think that that's kind of what gets off in our Christianity is we want to be comfortable. And and we want to make up the rules. I mean, think about it. Jace, we did an episode on the Little Duck Show about HOAs. And I've had the opportunity to see that in action at, in Alabama sometimes that people love to be put in a position where they can make up rules to try to tell you what to do. And Seinfeld did it, <laughs> oh, a great yeah. thing about it, about oh, his, yeah. where his parents were down in Boca Raton. He said, don't you understand these people have lived their whole lives to retire, come down here and make rules to enforce? And he was right. <laughs> but that's just what you're talking about here. The idea is, is that not only are you going under an old system, but then if you get to rise in the system, like the teachers of the law and all the people Jesus was dealing with, then you get to make up the rules for everybody else. Well, yeah. But I'm saying you don't yep. get this kind of persecution by just going into a building once a week and doing your own thing. Right. I mean, this is living you are correct. Jesus is real out in the real world. Every day. You do that. You go to a people, building once a week and go home, and that's it. You say, nobody's going to bother you. They ain't going to bother you. And that's they why. already have you. So you're going to eventually get to 13 where he's like, Jesus suffered outside the city gate. We go to him. I mean, you go out in the world and you're, and we're all familiar with that because we're persecuted pretty, pretty mightily. It reminded me, Jace, when I was young and just started preaching, a little speech, small group of people and, they were there, and when they'd leave, they would leave like a sweater and their Bible on their seats. Would be right there when they came back next week. And I thought, hmm, I don't. That doesn't seem good to me. <laughs> if this, Probably, yeah, you you may need that Bible. You may need that throughout the week when you're living your life. All right, we're out of time. If you want to follow us to overtime, I got a really good verse about that shrinking back. One of my favorite in the Bible. I wanted to read that in the overtime and explore it a little bit. You can go to blazetv.com/slash unashamed if you want to follow us over there and sign up. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.